the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, sometimes things get better when you can take sound criticism, also known as advice, depending on from whom it's coming. Some people think that advice is bad or it's annoying or frustrating even. But let me tell you something. When you're a caregiver, the worst thing you can do is not accept advice. Why? First of all, if you're a Christian caregiver like me, one of the things that we have to do is humble ourselves. See, this is my thing. I don't want God to humiliate me ever. I just try to avoid that situation. But many of us, we get humiliated every single day. And my mom, she always says, but I thought God doesn't punish anymore. And I said, well, he doesn't like the Old Testament. What he does now is allow us to get ourselves in predicaments and situations that end up feeling like punishment. She said, hmm, interesting. Right. So I told her, that's my opinion. I have Bible on it, scripture that is. Because as a caregiver, let me tell you, if you give a care, you better know what that Bible says. Because what we give comes from the heart. It doesn't come from the mind. And I tell people all the time, the reason I've been able to sustain 22 plus years in this is not because I'm so organized or equipped well together and all of these compliments that I get. No, it's because I pray. And that's the first thing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? My mom, my 80 year old, annoying, frustrating mother. No, did you just call your mom all those bad names? Most caregivers talk about the person they care about in their heart, even if they don't say it aloud. So what does that mean? God heard you. He did. So when it's wrong, ask for forgiveness. But you do have a right to lament. Always talk to Solomon in the Bible. Yeah, you can have a whole conversation with Solomon by yourself. Just read it. Even Jeremiah, he's really good at lamentations. Did you get that? Yeah. Okay, so Bible readers, you knew what I meant. But for those that don't even read the Bible, lamentations, it's a book in the Bible of great expressions and outpour and crying out of complaints. (laughs) Yes. One of my favorite complaints uh, is, I'm sick of this. That's me. I'm telling you the truth. For caregivers and people that care now, because I had to drive to get to the studio. I have to choose, do I care that someone cut me off? Did you catch all of that? And if you give a care, what kind of care is it that you're giving? Hmm. Are you giving your care to Satan? Whoa, how does that happen? Well, you can care about Satan more than the Lord. By what? Cursing out the car that cut in front of you? (laughs) Yeah, Christians do that all the time. Sometimes they're heard and sometimes they're not. I'm not trying to sound pious. I don't do that. But I do get frustrated at times and I do get disturbed because I'm like, did you have to do that? 
Is it that serious? Well, to them it is. And that's where my compassion kicks in, my mercies towards other people. See, we want everything from God the way we want it. Mercy, compassion, goodness, grace, sympathy, even empathy from God we do, but we won't give it. Ooh, I told you, caregiving. This is the caregiver show, as they call it around KPRZ in sunny San Diego. We are having some sun out here in the 80s. I was telling a friend who lives down in the south with all that great humidity, hey, we don't get the humidity, but our sunshine is pretty warm. But then I had to say, Lord, bless the people in Arizona, Nevada, my cousins, people like that that are in the three digits and the dry heat. What a combo. So southern people, I challenge you, come out here, head west in the summertime during these heat spells. If you don't know anything about it, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. That's where you can email me. We can talk about it. Now, the caregiver show, that's not the official name. I told somebody, you know what matters? What matters to me is that you remember what I said more than a title. Unless you're trying to look it up on the podcast, and that's kind of important. <laughs> so, yeah, Lorraine, what's the name of the show again? Don't call it the caregiver show when you're looking it up. Call it carrying the burden, not like carrying groceries or a big backpack. But the concept is similar, but instead exchange that carry like you're carrying on your own all your problems that come with caregiving because the idea is to cast your cares. That's where the whole concept of carrying the burden came from. First Peter 5 and 7. The Lord cares. He does. But you have to let him. How do you do that? Because he doesn't snatch away all of your problems. A lot of us think that's what he's supposed to do. No, he gave us specifics. Cast your cares to the Lord. Because why? Because he cares about you. That's the first thing. A lot of caregivers don't feel the care. Why? Because we're always expelling care. We're the ones that seemingly are in the deficit. And the Lord reminded me, but you know, there's a plethora of care available to you if you just receive it. And one of the ways that caregivers can receive it is by what? Listening more, yes, and complaining less. Absolutely. By what else, Lorraine? Well, by reading the Bible. That's what helps me. I tell my mom often, I would have packed up my stuff years ago. Because look, each year she got worse. And she's gotten worse. She's still alive. And I told her, Mom, nobody expected you to live this long. And that sounds a little somber, but I've actually had people tell me that. Yes, family, even friends, indirectly. But they said it. They said it lovingly, you know, so to speak. It was in their voice. They meant well. But I heard the harm more than the love. That's just me. You have to pray to be discerning. And people are shocked that my mom has lived almost 23 years after a brain injury that should have killed her. But guess what? She's still here. So who has to deal with it? Me. Well, I don't have to. I choose to. It's a choice. So with that, I came up with the slogan for me, I choose this. Nobody's forcing me to take care of my mother, not even the Lord. I choose every day to take care of my mother. So one of the things I decided is, it's a choice to rejoice. Yeah. How do you rejoice in caregiving? This is the day. Stop right there. Okay. This is the day. I love science in my soul. And one day I just meditated on what if it were daylight outside without darkness. Because this is the coolest part about darkness. Even in the darkness, there's the anti-meridian, the AM, in which I find myself often 
getting at 3 o'clock a.m., 4 o'clock a.m., taking care of my mother on any given day. What about you, caregivers? Yes, I get it. So then what happens to us when the daylight comes at what we call sunrise, so to speak, right? And now it's bright and shiny outside, and it's hot again. What are we supposed to do? When do we get rest, caregivers? Well, here's the advice. One of the things you can do is choose the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Are you going to rejoice? It's a choice to rejoice. You don't have to. You can be grumpy and frumpy and down and have a bad attitude and take it out on everybody and everything and everyone you know or see or don't know. And guess what? They're not seeing your light. That's when I had my personal epiphany. Aha. So the light that I have, the light that I show, the light within is the Christ within me, my hope of glory. Yeah, I got it. Thanks, Jesus. Sometimes the Bible doesn't make sense to us, as Christians even. But when you keep reading, that's what I told someone. It's a long base of a puzzle. When's the last time you put a puzzle together? I'm talking about the thousand plus pieces by yourself now. Because that's the challenge. Try it. If you want to see what caregiving is like, try to put the pieces together in one day. Uh, yeah, your life is still going on, by the way. Um, yeah, you still have to go to work, and you still have to cook, uh, clean, run your errands, and take care of everything. Oh, by the way, the thousand-piece puzzle? Yeah, get it done today within 24 hours. You can do it. Try it. That's what caregiving is like. So I had to learn that within the day, I get grace. I also get space. And the space is in my mind. Now, I'm not talking about the outer space. I'm talking about the mental space that it takes for me to maintain my peace. The peace which passes all understanding. That's why people don't get how I do it. I do it because of grace and peace that comes from the Lord, period. So when caregivers ask me, wow, so what do you do? What they're seeking is my advice on what I do daily that they're not doing. And the first thing I tell them is, well, first of all, I pray (laughs) because that's where I have to begin every day, all day, oftentimes within each task. Why? Because most of the tasks are overwhelming. Even the little ones like taking out the trash depends on what's in the trash. Did you catch that? (laughs) So for us caregivers, we're often faced with burdens that don't belong to us. That's why you've got to go back to the original First Peter 5 and 7. Throw the burdens away along with the trash that you have to take out. Well, you should take out. It's better if you take it out. How about that? If you can take it out. We're so blessed in America to have trash pickup. I don't take anything for granted. What about you? What do you take for granted? Email me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Because even if you're not a caregiver, you take something for granted that you should care about. Like recycling? Well, that's a debate. It's on the table. I love to sit in the middle between the recycling debates because at the end of the day, there's a prefix called R-E, re. You think about that. Before you email me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Recycle. The cycle has to begin somewhere. And from where did the cycle begin? What day? Was it daytime, nighttime? Why? What, What difference does it make, Lorraine? Because... There is a cycle that will begin in your life, and you have to know where it begins daily as a caregiver. Uh, What do you mean? Because you don't know what time your day starts. (laughs) See, most people think their day begins when they awaken. No, not for me. My day is ongoing. 
until the night. See, the Lord gave me the Bible to teach me that there's the day and then there's the night. Now, I told you earlier, nighttime can be dark, yes, but daytime can be dark too. Did you catch that? For those of us that are up at 2.30 and, well, 3.15 a.m., again, it's still dark outside, but yet it's a new day according to time. It gets really scientific. So what are we supposed to do, caregivers? We're supposed to meditate on the Word. You meditate on the Word. What's the Word? The Bible. How do you meditate on the Bible? I always say pick a scripture that works for you. Well, I don't really read the Bible. Okay, you have a friend that reads the Bible. Well, I don't really have any friends. Okay, you know what I've learned? I was an only child, and I told someone recently, there is no way I could have survived having the Internet as a child. I think I would have moved to Jupiter by now. I would have figured it out if I had the Internet as a child. It wasn't meant for me, Todd. I wasn't supposed to have it. If you're wondering who Todd is, that's Tugboat Todd. He's my producer, but he's also right here on KPRZ. And you can check him out anytime after what? The Anti-Meridian. Did you catch that? If you're listening to live radio. So one of the things we like to do is challenge everyone to think outside of your norm, your comfort zone. And right now, if you're not a caregiver, what advice do you have for a caregiver? Oh, none? That's right, you have none, unless you're what? Giving care. So if you provide care, not even just for an elderly person, I met someone yesterday that actually provides care for babies. Yes, babies that need care. I'm not talking about babysitting. I met an occupational therapist, and she provides care, not only for the elderly or people that have had injuries or accidents, but even babies. I said, little babies? And she smiled gently and said, yes, babies need occupational therapy. I know it's hard to believe. I said, no, not really. It's just something I take for granted. And I thanked her again for what she does. When's the last time you thanked someone that cares? Period. That just cares. Most people don't care. Most people are apathetic these days. Most people want things their way. Most people are just selfish. Uh, I would venture to say all people are selfish, including me. It's natural. It's human. We were born that way. I always say, isn't it interesting how babies cry out no before they cry out yes? That's been my life experience. But anyway, like I was saying, when you wake up, whenever you do, if it happens to be daylight, you're fortunate to realize, hey, I'm in the day. I'm in the daytime of the new day. Did you catch that? The new day that the Lord has made. The question now becomes, so when did the Lord make the day? Because the scripture doesn't say, this is the new day. Hey, no, it actually says this is the day the Lord has made. Now, I had to learn, you know what? Everything belongs to God. So I'm not going to get into all of those logistics. I'm just going to claim the day, the 24 hours, whether it's nighttime, daylight, sunrise, sunset. I don't care because I need the Lord all through the day. That's what I concluded about that wonderful psalm sitting right there, Psalm 118, yeah, that's the one. Check it out. Read the whole psalm because there's two verses in that Psalm 118 that might blow you away. That one, and there's one more. Check it out. When you find it, send it to me, the one that blew you away. I don't know. It might be the same one that I believe in that blows me away too because it's fascinating to think about how much we take for granted within the 24 hours. I told someone recently, yeah, that sounds great. I just have to take a look at my planner. 
And they said, well, no, I'm sure you have vacation, right? And I laughed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because caregivers don't get vacation, do they? If you're a caregiver and you get vacation, what kind of care do you provide? See, I'm not judging you. It's just that everyone's form of care is different. Like I said, you don't have to provide it for a person, let's say per se, but are you giving a care, a care, a form of care to anyone, anywhere in life in general? Well, you might have more vacation time than me. (laughs) It's okay. What I thought about is that even though we have the time that we have in a course of a week, most of us don't split it in half, literally, with someone else. Now, the moms, the dads, even the single parents especially might be hollering out, I have three kids. I have to split my time. You do. But then again, you don't. It's an option. It's a choice. We choose to care every day, everywhere, always. Whether you're in the grocery store, whether you're pumping gas, whether you're getting a haircut, you choose to care. Think about that for a moment. It's a choice to speak to people when you walk into a room It's not just about good manners. Forget manners. Now what? Okay, then you would come across as possibly rude in America, even in England. But guess what? Who cares the most, you or them? Who's affected more, you or them? I have found in my years of caregiving, the recipient is more affected by the care that I provide. Okay, so can you provide rude care Awkward care, mean care, you can. Uh, you you have that option. So what type of caregiver are you? Well, what I've learned to be is a humble caregiver because I told you, humility is a choice. I don't want to have to be forced to be humble or humbled in situations. I'm going to choose the route of humility First, in the first place, if I have the option, I'm going to choose the humble route. Why? Because pride goes before destruction. That's why. Makes sense to me. Why ruin myself when I have an option out? (laughs) Caregivers, take the humble route. So what does that mean? Listening more, talking less, taking advice, accepting criticism. And watch this. It doesn't have to be constructive. Some people are out there to destroy you verbally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Of course, we have proof of that in the Bible. So let them. It's okay. Because why? Unless the Lord builds the house, uh, us caregivers, that labor is in vain anyway. That's why I said pray first. Always pray. My Bible says men should always pray and not faint. I learned that years ago as a young person, and I literally thought to God, "What? how am I supposed to pray all the time? This is ridiculous. I mean, and then as I grew with the Lord and I became a little wiser and I got a little older, I began to understand, just stay in communication with the Lord. Some of us don't talk to the Lord all day until we get off of work, and then all of a sudden when we're in a traffic jam or a car accident or we run out of gas, now we're talking to the Lord. Oh, did you catch that? Sometimes you just need to have gentle conversations, checking in with the Lord throughout the day. Those are prayers? Yes. I had to explain to someone, get out of what's religious and try something new. 
like just having a remark and make that remark to the Lord. Even if it's negative, yes. Why? Because he cares. (laughs) He's the ultimate caregiver. So share your cares with the Lord. That's something else that you have to do in order to humble yourself. See what happens for caregivers. We walk in independence way too much. I've promoted on this show. For the time that I've been promoting the show, the best thing a caregiver can always do is what? Accept the help, the offering of help. Did you need help with that? Never say, oh, no, I got it. That's not true. You don't. And even if you think you do, still accept the help. Why? Because you don't know what's coming up next. I've had it happen. I've seen my mother in what I call a sliding fall from her bed to the floor. It was as though it was slow motion. Because it was for me. Because there was nothing I could do. I could see it happening, but I wasn't in enough reach to what? Stop it. But what if someone had been standing at the edge of her bed? Could they have stopped it? Possibly. But from where I was standing, within the amount of reach and time that I had to get to her, again, if we look at the physics, no, it wasn't going to happen. And where did she end up? Gently on the floor. Even a soft fall is what they're, mm, let's say, diagnosed as. A gentle fall, if that helps you envision it, it's still a fall. My mom is non-ambulatory. And if she rolls the wrong way and a bed rail is not there to catch her, yes, she has one. But what if it's not where it's supposed to be? What if she's a little disoriented? What if she, as we would say, off her rocker in that moment and she loses her balance? Even sitting, it happens. So we have to accept help. Sometimes help isn't verbal. Sometimes help can actually come from reading. Reading, advice, yes. You can do research. There's so many options out there now. This is the media. We have the World Wide Web. So you can get advice from people in countries that you can't even pronounce. Isn't that cool? Get it. Pray about it. Discern it. Talk to other people about it. Compare what you learned. Hey, if you're that kind of person that has too much pride to ask, shame on you. Humble yourself because before honor is humility. And if you humble yourself, then the Lord will lift you up. That's what my Bible says. Do it. Try it. Most of us walk in too much pride. We can't take the advice, and then we can't get good counsel. So what happens now? What we have to learn how to do is receive advice. And advice, like I said, whether it's critical, meaning criticism, it might sound negative to you at first, but it's not always negative. Sometimes advice is simply something someone else has experience in with or knows that you don't, and they're trying to help you for the most part. Even if it sounds negative, sure. Even if I don't like them, yes. Even if I don't want to hear it, absolutely. Advice is advice, and we all need it. We all need someone else's opinion on how to do a thing. It doesn't mean you're going to change. It doesn't mean you're going to do what they say. It doesn't mean that you're going to start right away. But why not take those instructions? Why not take that opinion and compare it to what you do alone if you need to? Now, if you're bold like me, I talk about it with the person that's sharing. So what do you mean by that? So where do I start? Can you direct me to a website? 
do you know anybody that knows anything about that? I ask questions. The best thing you can do when you do have counsel is interchange your opinion. Because why? If you compare your opinions, eventually you're going to end up in perhaps a light deliberation, but you end up with a better way to do a thing, possibly. A better procedure, a better styling, a more excellent way, the Bible says. We know where that scripture applies, but I like the expression. Yeah, there's always a better way. My grandma used to say that. Never think your way is the only way. There's always a better way. I didn't get that because she was a great cook, and I thought her cooking was superb. But she always taught me that just when you think you know, there's always more to know. And that's true. I found that to be very true when it comes to caregiving. So caregivers, humble yourselves. Take some good advice today. Listen to someone else's opinion. And my favorite part, ask for help. Sometimes we don't know how to do that because of what? Pride. Pride is blinding. Take off the pride glasses and do what? Accept the help. Because when it's offered and you turn it down, the Lord was like, well, remember I sent you some help and you turned it down. Anybody that's in need, which is a caregiver, who is always in need of something mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, accept the help. The Lord is our help. He's our comforter. But most of all, he's our wonderful counselor. You can read more about that. I know we hear about it more at Christmas, but Isaiah Yeah, he prophesied it. Wonderful counselor. Hey, it doesn't get better than that in a title. Try it and let him talk to you. Listen, take his advice. The Lord talks to me. Yeah, sometimes through other people. Isaiah 9 and 6. We usually hear it at Christmas time. But I say all the time is the right time to hear the word of God. You've been listening to Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on KPRZ 1210. AM and any podcasting station anywhere and everywhere globally. Yeah, all over the world. Just join us every Saturday, 10:30 a.m. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.